Uh, Robin, why are there no rugby matches in space? No atmosphere? Oh, dang it. Yeah, you got that one. Okay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm a dad inside. <laughs> hey, it's Robin. And Jared. This is Thank God It's Monday. Okay, so going into this week's Thank God It's Monday. Huge debate on who won. There is a little bit of competition happening in the, in the studio at the moment. As you would have seen, or some of you would have seen, there was a poll that we put out on Facebook and Instagram about what our next topic should be because it was Wednesday and we were having, what would you call it, a midweek low a midweek crisis, maybe. A <laughs> midweek crisis. I think that's probably a bit more accurate. So, we posted, should we talk about... Um, human dignity. Human dignity and diversity, or... The sport? power of sports in bringing people and cultures together. Um, excuse me, especially, especially with... Uh, the World Cup coming up and Heritage Day, which Heritage is... Day. When's Heritage Day? It's, Tuesday. it's on Tuesday. It's on Tuesday. So, the results are in. <coughs> we disagree on the results, to be clear. I don't know how we can disagree when it's pure stats. But on our personal Instagram pages, I'm going to go from my one here. I had... Whoops, wrong one. I had 71%. Um, of the votes went to the power of sport. I feel like that's because you're a male and all your followers are male. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It could actually be, if I'm actually looking at the people who voted on my personal one, all of the males voted for power of sport and all of the girls voted for human dignity. That is actually rather interesting. So I had one vote or two votes were ladies on my power of sport one. The rest were male. human dignity and the rest were male. Okay. So, so, <laughs> and then we, on Facebook, we had, we had quite a few human dignities. We had somebody say it's a hard decision for a sports and dignity person, so maybe both, which maybe we should, we should talk about human dignity later. I um, think I'm going to be gracious in this and, <laughs> and give in, and I'm going to say we can do sports just because Heritage Day is coming on Tuesday, and I feel like Nelson Mandela is important in that and he was big on sport and then we can do human dignity the next week okay fair i'll take that but just to everybody out there we just know that the sports won <laughs> agree to disagree <laughs> okay so this week we're going to be talking about the power of sport and the power or the power of sport in bringing a community and cultures together mm. It's a goodie, it is. I guess. I'm really excited about this, actually, because I've been for a long time wanting to actually make a film or a documentary about this, which, especially in South Africa, we, we could make something really cool with the different sports and stuff. So where should we start? Um, how's about 1994? <laughs> Take it right back. I feel like right this is back. 
This is going to be you leading it because I've heard the Mandela quote and I know sports is really important, but... Let's not spoil the podcast. with Man- We'll play the Mandela quote a little bit later. Okay. We'll put his actual speech that he made because it's super powerful and I think... And I think very good, very accurate. Yeah, it's very good and very relevant even today in bringing cultures and people together. So I think right off the bat, we want to say is that um, we acknowledge that sport can bring people together. Or is powerful in bringing people together. Especially in South Africa. Because if I look in England, it doesn't really bring people together. So explain yourself. Explain myself. There you go into the wrong pub. You go into the wrong pub wearing the wrong colors and people want to beat you up. Yeah, that is true. That's extremists, I would say. So these guys... I feel guys, like that's the whole... That's all you hear. That is all you hear because it's what sells on the media, I would, I would think. But... If, if I'm looking at, say, for instance, a pub in the UK where there's a supporter team. So basically one pub is for Arsenal, the Arsenal soccer team. And in that pub, you're not just going to have white Arsenal supporters, you know? Oh, you mean race? Yeah, well, not race, but like people in general. You're going to have a whole mixture of people coming together over one unifying thing, that team. So like it or not, there might be disagreements between those people of what should, who's the better team, but you're still pulling in a huge sort of spectrum of people, male, female, different colors, different races, different cultures coming together over basically, if you look at a bigger picture, over the sport rather than the team. So they're joining together over soccer. Mm. I mean, look at the 2010 World Cup. It brought so many different people who you would never put in a room together together. Exactly. So the 2010 World Cup was probably the height of, of un- this power of sport in South Africa. In South Africa, yeah. Maybe it was just the carrying on of it from 1994, 1995. That was the Rugby World Cup, right? Yes. So 1995, South Africa won the World Cup against every statistician and every odd. And, and after a lot of rife in the country. And after a lot of rife in the country and unified the country. It brought the people together. I mean, there were people who were still against the South African rugby team and the whole thing because, yes, it was fresh, very, very fresh out of apartheid era, but it was a major catalyst in bringing the country mm-hmm. together. Wasn't um, Chester Williams, who just passed away, wasn't he a part of the 95 team? Yes, Chester Williams was. He was an amazing player. Uh, Chester Williams, yes, Chester Williams was part of the 1995 Rugby World Cup. He played as a winger in the South African national team. And yeah, unfortunately, or very sad, he did pass away recently. Mm, Well, it's pretty awesome that straight after apartheid ended, he was a part of the team and he made history, which is a great legacy to leave behind. Yeah, so Chester Williams was probably, well, was the first person of color in the national team, if I remember correctly. Um, And he was... Even before the 1995 World Cup, he was in the team. So he was the first person of color to play in the South African team, officially. There was a player who played in 1981, Errol George Tobias. Um, and, but that was, he was, it just says here, he was former South African rugby union, with the first black man to play in the South African team. In 81, during apartheid. Sure. Interesting. And I think that was before that was before the South African rugby team got um, disallowed from international competition. Okay. So I think after that, it became a primarily a white team. Mm. 
It's crazy that um, rugby is still primarily white. If you look at high schools and stuff. It is. It is primarily a white sport. And so is cricket. Mm. And so is cricket. Um, and obviously, I think a lot of a lot of reason why these sports are white is that it's there's a huge barrier to entry. Mm. So, for instance, if you think about the kit needed for cricket, you need pads, you need a mm. bat, you need helmets, and that's a lot of money. And if you're looking at the layout in South Africa, the <clears throat> the wealthier are more typically white, mm. and unfortunately, that's how it looks. And I think that's why when the government's coming to put in quota systems it's a actually a good system. thing so I, I i agree with the quota system i don't think it i think it, it could be done better in terms of it being enforced like it doesn't i think you can't just take a random player and put him into the team and say oh because you're a player of color we're going to put you into the team it, it has to start off with like at grassroots level create actually good players and put them in. But wouldn't that start at like at primary school level and stuff? Because you can't just, it's the same with the professions and BBE, that stuff. Like you can't just take someone who's of color, but isn't actually good at what they're doing and put them in. So surely it starts really low down where you're training them up. Exactly. And that's, and that's where I think it needs to, where it needs to happen at grassroots level from like primary school. Mm. Like for instance, there's predominantly white schools here in, in the Western Cape or in South Africa, that don't play soccer. Yeah, that's very true. It's and usually the lower income schools. It's usually the lower income schools. And then it's it's more, it's it's seen in those schools as like a lower sport. It is. But it's, it's the biggest sport in the world. It's yeah. the most commonly like played sport. I mean, you go anywhere in the world, you see people with a ball and two bricks as the goals. Mm. You know, these kids playing. So I think, I think we have an opportunity to embrace sport and use it as a as a way to bring change in our country because mm. i think if the way that you see people who brought together over the 95 world cup even in the 2010 world cup there was like a almost there was this like hope that the soccer team would do well yeah i mean they didn't <laughs> i mean they did okay but they didn't do like they didn't win the world cup yeah you know but if you look at in the stadium it was people white people black people colored or coming together in the same area to support you like being together and supporting one cause, which is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And but my only question with that is like it's amazing. It brings people together when it when it's happening. And I guess to an extent they kind of walk away, not together anymore. But now like our rugby captain is Khaleesi, right? Um and now isn't there huge dispute against whether he was put there just because he's black and he's not actually a good captain and isn't there a whole bunch of stuff around that at the moment yeah and i think the thing is the problem with south africa is that there will always be when especially when it's around color and, and race. because is it because it's a predominantly white sport that people are upset yeah and it's because it's a predominantly white sport but also um I think it, it just always by default people are going to point out, oh, it's because of color that he's there. Which is really sad because he's. Sad. I'm assume, I mean, he's captain. Um, he got there for a reason. He's really talented. He's a great player and he's a great person as well. And I think the thing is, though, that when you're under the microscope more of being like, oh, you're part of the quota system, but I don't think he's a part of the quota system. Yes, technically he fits in, but he's actually a flipping amazing player. Mm. He just so happens to be of color. So when he's under the microscope by the whole country watching and saying, oh, this black captain, in a sense, they're going to point out any fault. And anything. if it was a white girl, guy, they would just be like, oh, he made a mistake today. It was a bad exactly. day. Exactly. And so what, they, what I think the thing is, is that people point out the, 
point out the fault and then go, oh, it's the quota system. It's yeah. leading us down. Like this is rubbish. Where it's actually, it's a, it's a start. I think the quota system is a start, but I think implementation probably, I'd say like a four out of 10. <laughs> where, if, where if it's like right from the grassroots and you're raising really good players in not only um, soccer, but in cricket and in rugby and all these sort of things, right from the grassroots and creating really good players where it becomes a point of like, I don't care what skin color you are. Mm. I just care if you're a good player or not. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, so like for my wife and she represents South Africa for the sub team, they say surfing sub team. There's on the team, there's not a single person of color, which is crazy. Sponsors don't want to come on board or anything because they're like, oh no, there's no person of color. But that's also just because like people of color don't generally grow up in towns or areas where surfing is encouraged or even like, I think... I know I have a colored friend and he was just like, why do white people like surfing? I don't understand it. Why do you go in the ocean, which is scary and you can get pulled out? Why do you do that? And he tried surfing and now he loves it. And this is a shout out to him because he always listens. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, you, you don't understand. They don't understand it either. Yeah, exactly. But so, I mean, surfing has got a little bit easier barrier to entry. And if I can say that, so like the equipment is cheaper. Mm -hmm. We're supping, it's like, the board itself is like 30,000 rand. For know, supping or for a sup board. Oh, wow. A surfboard, you get it for like two, three grand. I honestly thought they were the same boards. Yeah, so they're definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's, there's different aspects to the sports where you got to be aware of, of the barrier to entry. And are we blocking people from entering the sport just because of the barrier to entry is set too high? And if it is, what can we do to change mm -hmm. it? So, for instance... Um, I know that baseball is taking off in South Africa. Like American baseball. American baseball. And it's taking off huge. And it's predominantly in the, um, the colored communities. Oh, really? And so, and it's, I, haven't, I, 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 don't, I don't have the exact reason for it, but I don't see the whites going, oh, we need more white players in the baseball team. Mm. You know, there needs to be a quota system because like sort of thing. It's just because the guys in the team, which are ever best, are going to play. You know? Yeah, there's no there's no history behind baseball in South Africa. Exactly. So I think maybe it's an amazing opportunity to to almost start afresh and bring the community and the country around a sport that doesn't have like a stigma attached to it, maybe. Yes, but isn't yes, definitely. I think that's a cool way to do it. But I'm really curious because you are quite passionate about this. Why how does sport actually bring people together? Like properly, like Nelson Mandela's speech. How, what was his dream? What was his vision? So I think, I think that's a good point. Cause I think like, so we were going to play, we were going to play a quote from, or a clip from Nelson Mandela at, at um, the Laurels, which is like the world sports awards. And he gave this amazing speech. And I think he saw it early on in his presidency of how sport unifies people, you know, so you, you're creating a unified atmosphere, unity over something, and you're breaking down barriers that, that government can't. So he's saying government can't create this unity as much as sport can. So if you're fighting, and I think he was going for not like a club perspective or like a, a small team perspective. He's talking about the national teams. So if a whole country comes and backs the, the rugby team, you know, you're all coming together over one common thing. And hopefully through that, change will happen because you start talking about you have something in common you know all of a sudden it's like there's not so much difference between you you're shouting for the same things 
And obviously it's also like people, the spectators, and then surely within the actual team, the players as well, instead of fighting against each other, they actually have to be like, we need a win. How are we going to do that together? Yeah, so I think I think in the players as well, it's a, it's a way to represent what's happening in the country. So if you can get people of different colours on the team doing, this, doing the same thing, the same goal, you know, to win the game or score points, you know, you're seeing reflection of maybe what the country should be doing. People batting for the same side in a sense, you know, trying to get to the common thing of winning together or, you know, just playing together, playing fair. It would be so great now because, I mean, I know sport is great. It's, it's, and it's really good for children. It's really good for people to be active and stuff. So one of the things that you don't see our government doing and building on this legacy from Mandela is sport is the absolute last thing schools concentrate on. Like the actual school. Like, yes, the kids will play sport during break or they'll start their own thing after school. They'll play soccer and stuff. But there's no like... Like what Stu is doing with the skateboarding and using it for upliftment. There's none of that within the poorer, impoverished schools. There's none of that in the gangster-ridden areas. Like the sport isn't being used to its full potential. And it's an easy thing to use. Because I'm sure there's a male or even like male and female teachers within schools in poorer areas that would use sport for the better for the community. But it's not happening because it's not encouraged. Yeah, I would love to see that change. From the government, from the government sort of side, I think some them coming in and saying, "Listen, sport needs to be used more." In from the, the government, and then obviously individuals as well. Like if you're a teacher or you're friends with teachers, or as an organisation, you can encourage that and use that in talks. I think that would be a an amazing way to empower people. Yeah, I agree, and I think Nelson Mandela ag- agreed with you. So let's. Or I'm agreeing with him. Or you agreeing with him? So let's let's roll that clip and. Um, yeah, here it is. Thank you. I am happy to be with you tonight at the first Laureus World Sports Award. Sport has the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire. It has the power to unite people in a way that little us does. It speaks to youth in a language they understand. Sport can create hope where once there was only despair. It is more powerful than governments in breaking down racial barriers. It laughs in the face of all types of discrimination. The heroes are standing with me are examples of this power. They are valiant, not only in the playing field, but also in the community, both local and international. They are champions, and they deserve the world's recognition. (laughs) 
So yeah, I think that is, to sum it up, I agree with Mr. Mandela here a lot. For sure, yeah. And I think we have not tapped into the potential that sport has to, well, like he says, laugh in the face of diversity. Adversity. Adversity, sorry. Mm-hmm. Laugh in the face of adversity, diversity. And I think, I think we need to, as a people, as a country, we need to figure out how to use sport in a, in a way to bring change. And it was also like, if we going on about legacy and all of that, it was the first iconic thing that brought our nation together after apartheid. Like, yes, the voting brought everyone together and stuff, but it was the first thing as a apartheid-free nation that brought us together and brought people together of all the different races and cultures. So I think just based off of that, we need to... I think it's really important and it's really cool. And with the World Cup coming up this weekend and Heritage Day, we need to think about that. We need to... Like, think about how we are going to carry on that legacy, no matter your culture, no matter your race, no matter your gender, how are we going to carry out his legacy? And it's an, it's a beautiful legacy. Yeah. So I think, I think that's actually a challenge to everybody watching the world cup and Mm. celebrating in heritage day. I mean, we would have, South African game would have been aired and done already by now, the first one on Monday, but going forward, like invite people over. Mm. To watch the to games together, invite different peoples of different people of race from different cultures. You know, bring a, ask them to bring a meal from from their own culture. You know, mm. or even go to a bar where you don't wouldn't usually go to and go watch the rugby. Exactly. So I think we have an opportunity now with the World Cup coming up to almost relive that legacy and to restart it. Um, and yeah, so I think I would encourage people, invite people over, go somewhere you haven't gone before and just enjoy the power that sport can bring in terms of changing and uniting a community. I think through that, it's, I mean, it would just be, I think you just have a great time as well. Mm. It can be like the Soccer World Cup all over again, bringing people together, conversation starters. Exactly. So I think sport, to wrap it up, has an amazing power to change the community and bring communities together and to bring about racial change that is very hard to do otherwise. So I think we always ask the question, so how are you going to like change the, the country? How are you going to get people to be, like we said last podcast, be color brave? How are we going to do that? And I think, I think sport is part of that solution. Mm. And talent is talent and passion for sport is passion and enjoying watching it is enjoying watching it, can bring people together. So if you're listening to this, share pictures of yourselves watching with friends and we hope that you have a great... Heritage Day. Heritage Day, (laughs) that's it. And um, please get in touch with us on our socials to share those photos. Yeah, you can comment, you can tag us, whatever it is. Yeah, let's let's share it and let's let's brylack it with our friends. And new friends. That was really lame. <laughs> and new friends. And new friends. Uh, I feel like we should play the national anthem or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Why not? Uh, right. See you next week, Monday. Where we're going to be talking about human dignity. The real winner. joining us and if you enjoyed this podcast you can subscribe share it with your friends click on the share button or take a screenshot and share it on your socials thank god it's monday is a platform where we're calling our nation to rise up live deeper and love radically